touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, for the fifth week in a row, man, we've got a victory edition uh, of the podcast here. Uh, uh, after the, the latest Chiefs game, uh, I guess fifth time in six weeks, because there was a buy in there if you want to get technical. But um, I, look, I I wasn't at all worried about this game coming in. I thought the Chiefs were the better team, knowing that they were going to be facing a, you know, a backup quarterback in Arrowhead. Um, you know, coming off the holidays, I just didn't give the Rams much of a chance to compete in this one. Um, and, and obviously that's kind of the way it turned out, but I was still a little bit surprised at, at the chiefs performance. Um, so having said that, Nick, I want to open by asking you, how was the turducken? Well, first off, I didn't have a turducken. Um, oh, oh no. I didn't have one. I mean, I had one a couple of years ago. I didn't, I didn't have one this time. I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see what Christmas brings. You never know. Maybe Santa Claus will bring a turducken down the chimney. You just never know. And boom. We got a turducken. <laughs> Tough acting to acting. Um, so, you know, we'll probably, we'll hopefully see. not on your turducken. <laughs> no, nah, not on the turducken. But I mean, that's, that's, that's what he's known for saying, boom. You know, the Madden uh, video game that he'd been doing since the late 80s, early 90s. And then, um, you know, like you said, the Turducken, tough acting to acting. And I think he I think he did some Ace uh, Value hardware stuff there for a while. The all <laughs> yeah. Madden team, you know, and Little Giants. You can keep naming it. But, I mean, yeah. Turducken is like just there was the a video game. Video just, game that I think was pretty popular, too. Yeah, that's what I said. You just didn't listen. Yeah. So, I mean, probably, far for the not. course. Far for I'm the sorry. course. Todd only listens when he wants to talk. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I have, I, it has not been a great few days for me from a health standpoint. So. I was letting you have the runway there. I was letting you have the floors. I thought you were going to keep going and you, <laughs> no, no, no. You actually I just, exited uh, uh, at a reasonable time. I'm very confused. Yeah, this. Wrong. I, I had, a, I remember seeing all these like memes on like Tuesday, Wednesday that were like, if a toddler relative of yours tries to hand you anything, don't accept it. It's the flu. And then my one-year-old niece gave me the, not, I don't think it was the flu, but gave me some sort of ailment <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Uh, she's one year old, dude. I don't think she can give you, I don't think she'd give you anything. I think you were just happening to be around her. Yeah. Uh, I, let's, not, let's not put this evil on her, Todd. Palmer, it was my okay? fault. We were doing like the hand slap game and I did it like on her tray after we ate. So like, knowing that she had been sick and then playing it like the most saliva ridden place in the house probably was not my best move. Um, it's, it's probably on me. Yeah. It's a hundred percent on me. Well, don't worry about it, Todd. I feel like you got a lot of bad moves in your lifetime. So it's, not, mean, it's not up there in the top five. I've done, I've done some dumb stuff. Um, well, Todd, we all have our struggles. I've done some dumb I'll stuff. I'm going to do some dumb stuff later, man. I got two days off. Who knows? The day is young. <laughs> Well, sometime during those two days off, we're going to find out that the Chiefs no longer have a Sunday night football game. Oh, uh, wow. You put, that evil, you put that evil out there on our station. There's wasn't no way there. that they want the Broncos in prime time because they just got whooped by Carolina. There has got to be a better game. I, I just want the people at KCSB 41 to know I did not put that evil out there. Um, I'm just, that, is it's not, happening. that is not on me. I did not put that evil out there. But... While you talk about it, I will mention the games that are potentially available. Do you want to hear them? 
Well, the, I, I mean, the New York Jets against the Bills seems like an obvious one with the, the Jets being in a, a, a somewhat notable media market. <laughs> That's one. Do you want to hear the others? Yeah, yeah. Um, Eagles and Giants. And then Dolphins and Chargers. Those are those are probably the other three that would that would bring the eyeballs. But yeah, I mean the kicker of it is is like if Mahomes gets flexed out again. Todd started this conversation, not me. For anybody in case it's before one that might be listening, uh, <laughs> just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm just saying <laughs> I didn't use names, bro. Like gosh, man. Like sometimes you you gotta learn, bro. You gotta learn, dude. <laughs> You're out here burning bridges, bro. Don't be, don't be that dude. Don't be just that dude who honest. does that thing. I'm just being honest. But anyways, uh, I, I hope our people at KSHB41 have a great holiday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been nice working Todd. with Todd. <laughs> uh, but now, I, I, yeah, no, I mean, the, the Eagles Giants would do massive numbers. I think I, I'm, I'm disappointed the Dolphins haven't, haven't had the primetime games that I think they deserve. And I mean, the kicker of it is the thing I don't know is I don't know how many each of these teams, how many of, how many have hit six primetime games, you know, where they've gone past the one. I don't think anybody has. So I think that's fair game. Cause I know I'm sure the bills, I'm, I'm pretty sure probably either the Eagles or giants and maybe the chargers have maxed out the five that they can do. So for people that don't know, teams can get five games in the schedule. The six one has to be flexed in by the league. And then as of right now, that caps off how many a team can have in prime time under the current TV schedule. The seventh one has to be the seventh one is fair game just simply because it's the final week. So like that, you know, that one doesn't really right, count. Week 17 could be anyone. And, it but, and I'm talking, and I'm talking 18, like week 18 and I'm talking like ESPN Saturday national game or, you know, all those other ones, like those don't count. Now next yeah. year in 2023, the new TV schedule starts and that jumps up from five to seven. So that that that'll go up and that'll expand, and and the reason that does is because Monday Night Football is now getting uh, flexed as well. So Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football are probably going to get a lot more marquee playoff games that week ten through week eighteen going down the road after the season ends and the new TV contract technically begins. Yeah. Regardless, I don't think. That has been prime time with Nick Jacobs. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I, it's hard for me. It's our new segment, Todd. Let's get it sponsored. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we can try that. Yeah, we can just go through uh, explaining to people, ple- you know, what's going on. Um, I <laughs> this has been transactions <laughs> sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just it's hard for me to believe that they want to bring any more attention to the Broncos' offense than they have to. Um. <laughs> League wide, I mean, they're historically awful this year. That's a tough so, ride, <laughs> right? Let's ride. Um, but uh, look, I mean, like I see the Chiefs, Russell getting, I see Russell getting in arguments with his defensive tackle on the <laughs> sidelines. I mean, what's funny to me though is like they're averaging like barely 14 points a game. It's like, like I said, historically bad in the modern NFL. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, I, I mean, like, did not play well on offense and they stretch the imagination. They were one. I mean, they did have six red zone trips, but they were one for six getting, getting touchdowns out of them. Um, you know, had, a, had a red zone turnover. Um, 
just not a great performance by the offense. And they still scored 26 and won by 16 points. Um, how concerned are you about the red zone offense, though? And, and what did you see as as the problem? Because Mahomes was 3 of 13 for 11 yards with that interception in the end zone. What were they doing to, to you know, kind of thwart the Chiefs' effectiveness when they got down toward the goal line? Um, I, I think a piece of the puzzle, I, I'm, I'm going to call it like it is, and then people may not agree with me, and people in the organization may not agree with me if they're listening. Um, they might be. Um, but I, I felt like watching the Chiefs today was like they knew they were going to win this game. They knew that, you know, that – they didn't have to give an A effort to get it done. Some of the play calling, I think they were really trying to work on their run game down in the red zone, and they were going against one of the best run defenses in the NFL, actually the fourth best in the league. So, like, I think they really wanted to press that issue with Pacheco and see what he was capable of, what Allegretti was capable of, and kind of really try to work on that part of it. And I knew Patrick Mahomes was getting bored when he tried the no-look pass that ended in the interception um in the game there that's whenever i i'm like all right and and, well and then when they tried the trick play where they had sky Moore, you know run the jet sweep then toss back to mahomes and mahomes kelsey like when the chiefs are doing that that's when that's when they've let they've they've put people on official notice that they're just they're just you know they're just they're just having they're just trying to up the level of the of the Madden game <laughs> to just see if they can do some stuff. So, they just I mean, want to they, increase the degree of difficulty for themselves. Yeah, like they're they're just trying to have fun with it at this point and put and put some stuff on tape. But they th- that's when you definitely knew that by their play calling that they knew that game was out of reach too. And you know Andy wouldn't necessarily try to run up to score on McVeigh and try to put him in a bad spot and all that type of stuff. So you know, and part of it is I think for Chiefs fans, I think Chiefs fans probably get frustrated. Because one, they want to see that killer instinct, but two, above everything else, I just I think people keep trying to chase that 2018 offense, and they're frustrated that that's just not the standard all the time. And there's there's various reasons that that's not going to be the case. But you know, I, I, that's why I'm not I'm not as concerned with this game in, in the red zone, just simply because I I knew they weren't exactly putting their uh their ace stuff out there like i think they will do against cincinnati though oh i think that the cincinnati game means a lot to these guys um you know and and like like i said i think the red zone struggles um you know like you said they were um apparent today right i mean you know that this is a team that had been third in the nfl and and red zone touchdown down percentage and had the most red zone touchdowns uh, coming into the game, 31 uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, but, but like you said, I mean, they, they made a concerted effort to run Pacheco down there. He had 11 carries only gained 21 yards. He'd have the touchdown on, uh, on one of them though. Um, but I, there's a couple other opportunities. I think they had to go for it on fourth and goal or, or fourth and short situations in a game where, you know, they felt like they needed those points, you know, to your point, you know, I think Andy would have been shocked if they had scored more than about 13 or 14 points on his defense, the way that, that the Rams were playing, the Rams only had 198 total yards. So uh, there was really no reason to rub it, rub it, rub it in or run it up after the Chiefs got to, 20, you know, got up 20 to three there early in the third quarter. Um, I do let's do discuss Pacheco though, because 
you know, this is three weeks in a row. They've given him at least 15 carries, um, 22 carries for 69 yards today. Um, you know, just a shade over three yards of carry. I did have a big catch, um, you know, and, and, uh, to me it was promising, right? Because it was a little bit of a shake route, a little bit of an option route. And he and Mahomes were on the same page going down the middle. Um, and it went for a big gain. What are you seeing from Pacheco now that we've seen him in a, in a, you know, get a lot of reps over a, over a bit of an extended period of time here. Um, do you like what you're seeing as he continues to develop? I, I'll be curious to see what he's able to do come playoff time. I, I like that he's getting these reps and getting to experience the NFL defenses and kind of going against the top level defense like he did in the Rams. I thought that was uh, good for his development and his growth. The pass play itself, I mean, look, he he, he understands. I think he understands where his skill set's at. I think he understands where he gets maximum speed, and that's when he's going north south in a straight line direction and having and occasionally having some short, short, choppy steps, but not trying to get too wild with his juke moves, you know, and trying to get out of out of what his what his uh, ability is. Now, what I do think was happening, and today was a really, really big sign to for his teammates and also for everybody else was the Rams were head hunting him. They're in that third and especially that fourth quarter there, like Bobby Wagner and then were trying to lay him out because I could tell they didn't like how hard he was running and how physical he was being. So they wanted to send a message and they tried to take him out of that game with some of those hits that they were doing and the late hit on the sidelines and that they they were going after him to see if they could kind of calm him down. And he kept popping back up and kept bringing that same effort and that same energy. And I, I think that little went a long way with his teammates. And I think that, that was big for him as he talked about in the, in the post game, you know, that that was important to him to try to continue, you know, continue to not be phased by it. And I, I thought that was I, more than anything else. I thought that was one of the bigger steps he got to take to, today and one of the bigger opportunities to really kind of, you know, deal with one of those welcome to the NFL moments and still kind of keep saying, all right, I'm ready for more. Yeah. He had a big, big got popped really big inside the five there. I think in the, fourth quarter um, and made a point to get right back up and, and make sure that the, the Rams knew that uh, he wasn't phased by it. Um, but, you know, honestly, the, the one for six on, on red zone touchdowns, wasn't the bigger issue to me. I, I thought the fact that the chiefs were only five eleven on third down uh, was a bigger issue. Uh, you know, I mean, I know the Rams are, are decent defense, uh, maybe even underrated. A lot of people don't, you know, given how, poor their record is three and eight at this point in the season. Um, you know, I don't maybe haven't paid attention to the fact that the Rams defense is still pretty good. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, the, the chiefs in it, you know, the chiefs were, were able to move the ball between the, uh, you know, between the twenties fairly well, but, but you would like to see them be a little bit more efficient and typically they are more efficient than, than that five eleven performance. Um, having said that, um, yeah, they were down a starting lineman with Nick Allegretti in there at left guard. Um, Aaron Donald got a couple tackles and a quarterback hit on the first drive. He had one tackle after that. The only other time he touched Patrick Mahomes was uh, when he got when he got the sack that was erased by his own face mask penalty. I really thought that Allegretti and that interior offensive line settled in really, really well after that opening drive uh, and played about as well as you could hope uh, moving forward in that one. Yeah, I'll be curious to watch the coaches film and see what they did and how they 
so what they did adjustment wise and strategy wise with it. And another part of it is, is man, I mean, the way those ends were screaming off the edge with Floyd and then 97, like they, they were coming hard upfield. And I know Orlando Brown was having some trouble. Wiley was having trouble. And that's what was flushing Mahomes. And I think that disrupted a lot of that passing offense today and also kind of limited what they did on some of those third downs and in the red zone when Mahomes having to move around. I, the goal of today was for Mahomes not to get hit, but and they were able to accomplish that. But man, they the Rams made him uncomfortable in that pocket today. And as I've said before, that Chiefs offense goes as as uh, as the as the offensive line protection goes, and especially off the edges with the tackles, they determine how long Pat's going to stay in that pocket. And so that I think that's part of the reason they had a lot of the hiccups that they did today. Personally, it doesn't mean that they get a sack every time. But if he start, if he sees a certain level of speed going behind him to where he can't see, he's not always the most comfortable person in the world with it, and I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, and, and look again, that's that's one of the better defensive lines that you're going to see anchored by argue, you know, one of the better defensive tackles in the history of the NFL. So, um, no shame in having some struggles there. I think the Chiefs knew that they might have some struggles there, but I think all in all, they they played well. But I'll tell you what, the the defense continues to impress. I'm struggling to fight this idea that, that this game was a mirage though, because Bryce Perkins is not the caliber of quarterback that they're going to face most weeks. Uh, Although I was very impressed with his legs and his toughness and his tenacity and the things he could do uh, running the football. But from a passing standpoint, you know, uh, and especially with some of the, the play, you know, Cooper cups out, uh, Allen Robinson didn't play. They're obviously missing a lot of weapons um, in that passing game. I know the Chiefs defense gave up 198 yards, but but are you seeing enough from them to think that to to believe that this is uh, legitimately becoming one of the best defenses of the NFL, or are you just not sold yet? I think Cincinnati Bengals will answer a lot of those questions, uh, even without Jamar Chase if he if he can't go. With or without, it's going to answer a lot of the questions because yeah. they're they're facing Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is going to he he had if you give him the opportunities, he'll slice and dice you in that run game, depending on what Mixon can do and uh, Perrine, um, and obviously with Higgins, and so the it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs perform next week because the Titans had a tough tough day against the uh, against the Bengals today, so it, it'll be very interesting to see what the Chiefs can accomplish and do and what type of effort level they'll put out against the Bengals for keeping them out of the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. How much do you think those two losses of the Bengals last January, the regular season, and then uh, the AFC championship game influenced the chief's decision to go a different direction with the offense. Um, Um, Yeah. It has has a ton to do with it. Right. I mean, let's let's just explore that because I don't know if people realize that I I think it was those two losses, the Bengals that, that told the chiefs front office and the chiefs coaching staff, we need to change. It is not sustainable for us to keep playing this way on offense and and keep this championship window open. I think that's part of it, but the other part of it that they still haven't really kind of mastered yet is, you know, that run game part of it. Is the you know the Bengals are rushing three and dropping everybody else in the zone. I mean, you know the the Chiefs. If the Bengals do that, I'm curious to see 
what kind of answers the Chiefs are going to give in that run game and in the potential screen game and that type of stuff. How are you going to handle it if the Bengals try all that stuff again? And, you know, like the Bengals are going to throw some new things at them. And we'll see how the Chiefs adjust to it. But this game coming up here, I mean, it's very big in terms of giving the Chiefs a sneak peek of what they're going to face playoff caliber-wise in the playoffs against the defense and some of the wrinkles that may be thrown at it, even if they aren't one of the, you know, top five defenses in the NFL. No, they're they're not. But I mean, there aren't a lot of tests left on the Chiefs. I, I'm telling you, the Bengals the Bengals are the big one, just simply because they're they're actually when I was running the the rankings for all the playoff teams and everything that we had on the show uh, on Cat Nine to Kickoff this morning. The Bengals were actually the most balanced of the playoff teams in terms of overall rankings for run and pass on both sides of the ball and points per game. So that's why I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the Chiefs do against the Bengals. Well, and they're one of the, I mean, the key, you know, red zone offense is something that caught my attention in part because the Bengals are one of the teams that have more or that, that are a more efficient red zone offense than the Chiefs. Uh, they're, they were ranked, I think, first in the NFL. The Chiefs were third. Um, in red zone percentage. Um, uh, and, but beyond that, I mean, the Chiefs have the Seahawks on Christmas Eve, uh, the Broncos twice, the Texans, and, and the Raiders. So there just aren't a lot of tests there, which is great uh, if you think about, you know, the Chiefs' hopes for uh, the number one seed in the playoffs, right? Um, maybe not great for getting them uh, sharpened uh, as they go into the playoffs, although although I suspect with the experience the last several years, that may be less of an issue for the Chiefs than it would be for some other teams uh, in the NFL. Um, then they also got the past eleven weeks. <laughs> so I mean. right, right. No, I mean the, the beginning of the season definitely did, and, and I think um, you know I also think if you if you have to pick between uh, uh, if you're the Chiefs, pick between um, you know kind of growing into the season um, with with a tough schedule. And really finding out who you are and then getting a chance to kind of, uh, um, I don't want to say cruise into the playoffs, but um, getting a chance to, to maybe, you know, maybe getting a Texans game in there or something like that where you don't, you know, where you can kind of, uh, you know, at least take, if your, your C, your C game is going to carry the day still may not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, I just don't see this team getting complacent. Um, I do want to ask, um, you know, special teams, like, first of all, should Sky Moore ever return a punt again for the Chiefs? I mean, I, I wouldn't put him back there again in the 2022, 2023 right. season. Um, that's just not him fielding punts. It's a struggle for him. And I don't think he's the biggest fan of getting hit. So I, I, I just don't think that that's the road to go down to put him through success. But what I will say is like, I really wish Tony was healthy. Cause I think Kadarius Tony could thrive in that role. Yeah. Or McCall Hardman jr. Someone, anyone there's sure. options on the roster. They're just not healthy. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on any of that. It's just, you know, they, they keep trying it and you know, it keeps being a struggle, but they keep trying it and putting themselves in holes with it. And the kicker of it is, I mean, Dave Tobe at this point, like, there's a lot of flaws on special teams. And at some point, if they don't get, if they don't get it right, like it's, it's going to cost them in the playoffs when it actually matters. So, I mean, they, yeah. you know, and I mean, Dave Tobe's been here for a decade now almost. So, I mean, at this they point, gave up the fourth down conversion too on the fake punt pass. Yeah. They, the team caught him out to launch on that one. So, 
You know, like the, the and like I mean, you can blame it on rookies and first year guys and not having all these core special teamers. But there's a lot of teams that don't have core special teamers and don't have as many on the roster as the Chiefs do. Like they have a portion of the roster dedicated for special teams that other teams don't give that luxury to that they prefer more de- developmental guys for position. So, I mean, Dave Tove does, in my opinion, he does get a lot more on the roster than than others do to where I, I just I'm not going to keep buying the excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm about done with them. The excuses, that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been. It's not, I mean, Dave Tobe, unquestionably one of the best special teams coaches in NFL history. This is unquestionably one of the worst special teams performances I've seen the Chiefs have um, since he's been the coach. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, fortunately, outside of the Indianapolis game, I don't think it's cost them a game yet, but you just hope it doesn't at the wrong time. Um, So anyway, anything else you want to add here? um, you know, now that we're leaving people on, on such an up note, I mean, look, I mean, the, the Chris Jones was a monster today. He wrecked a lot of people. He hung out in the backfield. He had a timeshare back there. Carl Loftus yeah. was able to get that sack and, you know, the Sneed had a couple good blitzes, but he wasn't used to dealing with somebody that fast when he's screaming off the edge like that. He had to take it a little bit wider a couple of times and he didn't. And then he got to learn, uh, the speed that Perkins had. So Chris Jones, by the way, it surprises me. This is only his second 10 sack season. Um, he's had three other seasons where he got nine sacks, but this is only the second time he's got to 10 sacks in his career. Well, when was the other year that he got to 10? It was, I believe it was uh, 2018. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't remember how that year ended, Nick. I, I, I'm just, I was just double checking when the contract years were. Uh, well, fair point, but also the last time he had over 10 sacks, um, you had to buy a replica of Marty trophy. So, or no, that was the year before that. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I just, I just know whenever, whenever somebody's about getting that next contract, they seem to crank it up to 11. And I, do you think, I don't know if he can get to 15 and a half. That's his career record is 15 and a half in 2018. Um, I don't know if he can get there, but it'll be worth watching. I don't know, Todd. You said they're playing a lot of a lot of uh, teams that struggle. <laughs> they are so. playing some trash teams, man. They got he a might, got a chance. He might, he might get there. So I mean, don't don't discredit him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he gives that type of production. That's fantastic. But I also am aware that like a decision's got to be made on that contract next year, whether to extend or have to adjust accordingly in some ways. And I think he is aware of that too. And he's gonna have to put out a strong. He's putting out a strong performance this year, a dominant performance that justifies that number. I mean, I think he's clearly the best player on that defense right now. And he's I think he wants to make sure that people are aware of that. He is the going straw that the drink. <laughs> and he's going to make sure that people are aware of that, which I'm not yeah. complaining one bit. He's one of the three most important people on that roster right now. And as long as he continues to do, to produce the way that he is, that won't be changing anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Well, hey. Um, you're one of the two most important people on this podcast. Um, so I just wanted to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, sir. It already happened, Todd. Like you're, you literally are experienced it a handful of days ago. Okay. Well, fine. Merry Christmas. Todd, it hasn't happened yet, man. <laughs> no, I can't win with you. I can't, if it has, if it's already happened, I can't win. If it hasn't happened, I can't win. <laughs> we all have our struggles, Todd. I'm going to go to Wendy's now. All right. Well, Nick, uh, I bid you, uh, I bid you adieu, sir. 
Oh, we're just uh, taking, I'm, no, I'm gonna trample all over your line. No, we're you don't get to we're say just your taking line. catchphrases left and right. Is that what's hot in the streets? Hope That's you know you right. have to pay me royalties for that. That's right. I'm over here doing a little Uzi vert dance like Pacheco did when he scored his touchdown. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully I don't pull anything. Uh, hopefully you guys. If I, if I remembered your catchphrase, then I would stomp all over it right now and just wreck it. But, you, you know. know like... well, well, but you didn't, so take care, kids. <laughs> <laughs>